Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Traditionally, financial planning advice is either only for those who are already wealthy or salespeople calling themselves financial advisors who say they'll give you free financial advice but really just sell products to earn commissions. Fearless Finance takes a dramatic departure from either of those traditional models. Their entire business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable because we know that financial literacy, stress reduction, and financial security are critical to overall well-being. I'm a little bit obsessed with Elizabeth, our Fearless Finance Advisor. I've had an array of advisors in the past who answered questions like, should we be spending less on this with evasive answers like, it depends on your priorities. Not Elizabeth. She answers with actually helpful guidelines. You're spending more than the average family of five, or I'd like to see this increase by 6%. Uh, thank you. This is Fearless Finance's mission, to make advice affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge you by the hour. You only pay for the time you use down to a quarter hour. Their planners meet with you where you are on your financial journey, no judgment. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code Pantsuit. That's fearlessfinance.com and use code Pantsuit for $50 off your first planning meeting. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that Part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see, after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season, that I have nice-looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Hey, everybody, this is Dante from Pantsu Politics, and I've got Beth here with me. And we're going to be bringing you our first episode of bonus content um, that's going to be featured exclusively on YouTube. And our topic tonight is going to be this week's um, Commander-in-Chief Forum that aired on NBC. So, Beth, I know you had a lot. Uh, We both watched this live together 
we were tweeting with a lot of people in the community, and I think we both had a lot of thoughts that we were kicking back and forth. So do you want to kind of give me, this is the fir- to my knowledge, this is like the first commander-in-chief forum that they've ever done. Um, yeah. What did you think? So the group that advocated for this forum to happen as a veterans organization, and we talk a little bit on the Friday briefcase about how healthy of an exercise I think it is to have a forum that's exclusively dedicated to the role of commander in chief. So I loved that aspect of it. Um, That said, there were a lot of things that I did not love that happened in the forum. And we talk about some of those on the podcast. What we didn't get into was a lot of the substantive answers that we heard and how troubling some of those answers were. I think that, For example, Donald Trump's responses to questions about mental health among veterans were handled in a way that I find really problematic. Can you explain a little bit about what specifically from those answers that you didn't like? Well, I'll tell you, a lot of the compliments that you hear from Trump supporters circle around this idea that Trump always just tells it like it is. And I think that that is both true and revealing in a negative way. So the first thing that happened was a woman asked him a question about the 20 suicides a day that take place among veterans. And, you know, talk about just getting to the heart of an issue that all Americans should have serious concern about. No doubt. So Trump's first instinct in response to this woman, who is herself a veteran, is to say it's actually 22. And that's just incorrect. 22 is an old statistic that has recently been updated. And even mm-hmm. if it were actually 22, why why is that your first instinct? One is, it, you know, one is enough to prompt a sincere response from a question. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it, it's not about correcting the figure at that point. It's about responding to the question and the emotion that, you know, that comes with, with suicide in general, but especially veteran suicide. And, and, you know, a lot of what was discussed last night surrounding, um, surrounding veteran health and improving it, I feel like was never really discussed to the level of detail that I thought it should, um, in terms of actual policies or actual plans put forth to reform the VA and help basically bring the VA into the 21st century. And my wife works in healthcare and she, she says all the time, like if, if the VA could be run like a private, you know, healthcare institution, then we'd be much better off. And that's one of those issues that I kind of have to, you know, think of from a federal level, like how can we be making this process more efficient And I didn't really hear any of that last night from either candidate. No, the conversation gets stuck in this really, like everything else, these really black and white terms. We're either going to privatize the VA or we're not. Those aren't the only options, right? Like I think the VA is ripe for public-private partnerships. Because we should be expanding the choices available to veterans. And that really gets to sort of what I heard that I found so troubling in Trump's remarks this sense of like, he kept saying they need help, they need help, the veterans need help. 
as though the veterans are like an alien species inhabiting mm-hmm. our earth and that mental health issues are unique to that alien species. I felt yeah. the way he talked about it to be really stigmatizing. I heard the woman who asked the question interviewed by Rachel Maddow briefly afterward, and she took it that way as well. And I think that until we sort of appreciate that mental health issues affect everyone, and also that our veterans are us, they're not a separate category of people, and they're deserving of the same access to quality health care, and not just quality physical health care, but quality mental and spiritual and emotional health care, we're not making any progress in this area. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, our listener and, and a good friend of mine, Philip Grant, kind of shed some light on this on Twitter last night in our post conversations. And he said, you know, when he, w- when he came back from deployment, his mental health screening amounted to, you know, three, three or four questions that he frankly kind of lied on because he didn't want to accept, you know, the truth about his mental state at the time. And, you know, so for, for a veteran to say that and kind of, be that forthcoming with the community and basically say the screening didn't go deep enough. And if you're not ready as somebody who's struggling with a mental health issue, if you're not ready to confront it and you're not ready to give the answer that a medical health professional can basically expand on, then they, as well as the patient can just gloss over it and move on to the next case. And so I think it just starts with, you know, putting a little bit more weight into doing more robust um, mental examinations when when vets come back from deployment. So you're getting more of a of an overall view of their mental health, and not just a few questions that you can kind of check boxes and say, "All right, well, th- this person answered these three questions in the way that I expected them to, so we're not going to proceed any further here." Um, and I thought that was an interesting insight from him. Absolutely. And I'm no expert, but it seems to me that we should just assume that there is something that requires some support when someone comes back from a deployment. Like, Definitely. I mean, I, I think that we should look at the whole person coming back from deployment and say, what physical issues do we want to address here? What kind of emotional support can we give this person? We don't have to diagnose people. We don't have to say they have mental health problems. Can't we just no. say, like, look, it's our obligation. This person has sacrificed so much for us. How do we ease the transition back to civilian life? Because it is a transition every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you take it much like you would take anything, you know, any other, like, traumatic experience, you know, if... Uh, when you're in school, if a, if a fellow student, you know, happens to pass away in a car crash or something, the very next day, a principal says, you know, there's grief counseling on site, we've got all these things to help, you know, but oftentimes when it comes to basically, when it comes to veteran health and wait times and the bureaucracy that is basically associated with the VA, a lot of times they're just kind of seen as an obstacle instead of a human. And, you know, I've heard this firsthand from a lot of veterans that I know that are extremely frustrated with the, with the VA. And last night I just, you know, again, don't think we got, um, I don't think we got enough sincerity and I don't think we got enough thought put towards that problem. 
from either candidate. I mean, from I think that candidate. they were both inadequate on that subject. Another thing that I found really troubling was Hillary Clinton's response to questions about ground forces in the Middle East. She said, this was the least Hillary Clinton thing I've ever heard her say. She's always so careful. She's always so noncommittal. And she said definitively that we will never again send ground troops into Iraq or Syria. And I just found that remarkable. I mean, her point was that we will defeat ISIS through our other tools Mm -hmm. and through partnerships with other countries, which is all well and good. For but sure. I think it's bizarre to hear a potential commander in chief limiting any option and limiting it beyond the immediate present. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We use our phones for everything at this point, but did you know that you can use it for some sexy me time? Don't worry, your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library, a fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My son Oliver is almost two. The desire for more hours in the day has never been more real for me in my life. An extra hour for reading, for sleeping, for working, for playing. I could use any of it. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to then make it a priority. Therapy can help you figure that out, help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. Just last week, my mom actually asked me about my experience with BetterHelp after hearing ads like this one for it. And I'm telling you what I told her. BetterHelp was the perfect solution for me in a time of my life when I had too many plates to juggle, but still very much needed to talk to someone about the experience of keeping all those plates in the air. BetterHelp made therapy easy and accessible right when those were qualities I needed most. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a very brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit.
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you said immediately on Twitter that I'm not comfortable with any president saying something that we'll never do. Um, and like you said, it, it was very unlike Hillary. Um, having watched her in 2008 and then having watched her through this campaign, she's usually like un, she's usually uncharacteristically good in these sort of events, these sort of like town hall forums where she has a chance to like uh, let a question sink in, think about her answer. She's usually extremely good at addressing whoever asked the question by name, looking them in the eye. Last night, I just, I think because of the rushed format, and, and I don't want to kind of armchair QB this, but that format last night was hurried in a way where I think it really threw her off of her game because she's an incredibly smart person. And typically that a format like that suits very smart people well. Ted Cruz was really good in that format in the primaries. Um, Jeb Bush was really good in that format in the primaries. And Hillary's normally very good. I think that answer came from the frenetic pace that the that the forum was moving at. And I think she was thrown off. She was thinking fast. And I think a really concrete statement came out, came out of her mouth that I'm certain she regretted this morning. Well, and I think Matt Lauer had her on the defensive from the get-go by going right at her about her emails and then on from her emails into the Iraq war vote. And, I mean, you could just see that she was pissed. And, yeah. And I don't think she ever really found her rhythm or her – definitely not the connection with the room – you know, no. that you would have hoped if you were working for her, she would have found. No. And, and from like a policy standpoint, I think the sentiment is there. Like what she wanted to say was that we're going to be extremely hesitant about putting our, you know, our servicemen and service women back into harm's way within that region. We've been there for a decade and a half, you know, and, and longer if you count the first Gulf War. Um, and there's some, you know, there's a bitterness in, the, in public opinion about having troops in Iraq, in Syria. And so what she wanted to say was, I'm not going to get us back into an indefinite war. But what it came out saying is that under no circumstance will we put troops on the ground. And I just think it's problematic because... Given what's go- given the expansion of ISIS, and given with the inst- given the instability, especially that we're seeing seeing with the Syrian civil war, you just can't say things like that because you don't know what what kind of circumstances will arise in the next four years if you're president, and you don't know what kind of forces that we're going to have to possibly quell or get involved with, and you know there's just so many question marks that come with ISIS the war on terror, the Syrian conflict, the destabilization of Iraq in the aftermath of our, of our occupation that, you know, I want to be with her uh, as somebody who is, you know, kind of an isolationist in terms of foreign policy. I want to be with her there, but I just, I, I can't, I can't get there for something that absolute. I can't get there either, especially with the, real humanitarian crisis happening in Syria. You know, I I desperately want to say we're just pulling the plug. We're coming out of the Middle East. We're going to use our resources at home and focus on America for a while. 
the world is not allowing us to make that decision in good conscience, in my opinion. And I think that while the American people are fatigued with the Middle East, I also think that the answers from both Clinton and Trump were talking about the Middle East in 10-year-old terms. You know, Clinton has the sense of the Iraq war has gone on too long. We're tired of sort of the Bush era approach. But we're beyond that now. We're in a new ball game with ISIS and Assad right now. And then the other issue that I see on Trump's side is he's still talking about oil and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. these these conversations are old conversations yeah. from candidates that are frankly of another generation from a lot of us voting. It's a it's a tough it's a tough situation, and I think yeah. I'm disappointed that we don't have more fresh ideas and and conversations that seem more relevant happening. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside. We all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see, after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season, that I have nice-looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable traditionally the advice would be pick one but thanks to third love you can have both third love was started to take all the frustration out of bra shopping that's why they make solutions for every bra problem aka problem their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school get smoothing you know where and have straps that actually stay put Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code podcast 15 that's code podcast 15 tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. No doubt. I mean, just to a, to a voter who is 21, 22, 23 years old, who's interested in politics, who wants to try and pick a side in this race, you know, rehashing questions about and, and policies and tactics about a decision to go into war when that person was 10 or, or nine or eight years old in grade school is not really going to bring them into the fold into current foreign policy. And yeah, I mean, the, those problems still linger, no doubt. But at the same time, what I didn't see last night, I saw a lot of looking back last night, and I kind of blame the format, and I kind of blame Matt Lauer for, you know, projecting questions in the past. But we have so much looking forward from a foreign policy standpoint. We've got, you know, we've got political unrest and economic destabilization in South America. Brazil is going through a huge economic crisis right now, one of the worst recessions in their history, and as an emerging as an emerging country in, a, in a, what was a huge economy about a decade ago um, for the world markets, that's, that's big news to me. What's happening with Vladimir Putin and Russia um, and, you know, kind of encroaching on, on NATO and, and threatening to basically take on, um, you know, take on NATO forces and Donald Trump's response to that whole thing was super troubling. We've got the Syrian conflict. You know, we've got we've got so many things going on across the world that you know we've got Brexit. We've got so many things happening that foreign policy doesn't just mean Middle Eastern policy. I would have loved to see some sort of fielded question on Brexit and what that could mean for Europe's economic health going forward and how the United States would respond to that. I would have loved to see questions about South America and Central America and you know, the, the health crises that they're having right now with Zika and the economic crises that they're having. But we didn't get any of that. We just got, you know, who voted to go into Iraq and, and who's going to say, gotcha, and I had it right, you had it wrong. And it was just, it was disappointing. And those questions as a measure of competence are really important. I would love to see this be like part one of a three or four-part series on foreign policy. Because a part of me likes that it was 60 minutes. I think that's accessible to most people. You can hang with 60 minutes. But they tried to cram too much into one section. So, I mean, let's do it again. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see another. I'd like to see it slowed down. And I'd like to see the opportunity for uh, the moderator as well as um, guests asking questions get the chance to do some follow-up and really create a dialogue rather than just sort of like a, a lightning round from Matt Lauer. But um, we'll see. It was a good format. Like you said, I like that it was dedicated um, specifically to foreign policy and veterans affairs and, you know, what what the role of commander-in-chief actually entails. So we'll see where it goes from here. Definitely. I hope we I hope we get more of the conversation for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, Beth, and thank you guys for listening. We're going to try and bring you more of these, and uh, we hope you you dug the conversation. If you want to, as always, like us on Facebook, reach out to us on Twitter, at Pantsuit Politic, no S, 
And you can uh, reach Beth at Beth at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com and me at Dante at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com.